Well, today is Father's Day. And so let's turn in our Bibles now as we look to the Word of God. Turn in our Bibles now to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. The Proverbs, we've been studying through the book of Proverbs in, in our adult Sunday Bible class prior to our respite here in the Word of God or Bibliology, we want to look at this particular verse and I want to share with you a few things that the Bible tells us about Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. It reads simply this, as Solomon wrote. It reads, quote, The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes his father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Why don't we pray before we turn more and look into the Word of God this morning. Our Father in Heaven, we give You thanks for our fathers, but for You, our Heavenly Father, who gives wisdom to all. And God, we pray that Your truth would ring true in our hearts today and in the days to come. May You be honored. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, welcome to all of you again. I want to especially welcome, because once in a while, about once in a quarter or so, we have guests here, and those guests are the Children's Ministry, who come in and join us. They, they're part of our families who are here, and we know that a number of them are here, maybe some of the youth is, uh, who are, you know, uh, still living underneath your parents' uh, roofs. We want to ask you a question. I prepped some of them and asked them this, if they could think of perhaps how they might answer. I'm not sure where they're all sitting. I think they're all scattered about, right? And I want to um, ask them this question because I think, uh, you know, Father's Day is when we usually do something to bring joy to our fathers, right? We'll do something for them. And I'd like to find out what you, what you feel that you can do to bring joy to your fathers. What makes your dad happy? What makes your dad happy? Can you see any kids tell me? There's one right there. There's one right there. Sophia, what makes your dad happy? A hug. A hug. Wow, that would make any dad happy. How about you, Matthew? What brings joy to your father? Cleaning my room. Cleaning your room. Yeah, I think that would make dad and mom happy. What else? Oh, Josephine. What, what brings joy to your father? Reading the newspaper. Re- oh, right. Jerry, reading the newspaper. All right. What else? What brings joy to your father? Oh, there's one over there. What brings joy to your father? Teaching me all about the car parts. Teaching you all about car parts. Well, that's, that, that, I'm sure that would bring a lot of, yeah, or computer parts too, huh? Some of them. What brings joy to your father? Anybody else have anything that they think, oh, makes their dad really happy? Maybe you're any of you folks? Anybody else? What brings joy? What makes your dad happy? You know what makes your dad happy because you're going to do it today, I bet, eh? What brings joy to your dad? Help me out here. Anybody have anything else unique? I see somebody smiling really big over here. (laughs) What brings joy to your dad? Oh, playing golf. Playing golf. Yes, yesterday we all went golfing for the men's fellowship. In fact, somebody was asking me, where's the pink ball? So... 
What, uh, what brings anybody else? Last call. Oh, one more thing? Okay, Matthew. Dessert. Dessert. And I know some, some of you fathers love ice cream. Well, there's a lot of things that bring joy to our fathers. And we were in the book of Proverbs when we talked about uh, something for Mother's Day. So I went through the book of Proverbs once again. And I looked at all of the commands that had to do with fathers. Last time we looked at all the commands that have to do with mothers because we want to be wise in the things that we do. And I'll tell you what the book of Proverbs tells us about fathers and how to bring joy to your father because the Bible prescribes things. I mean, surely if I were to say what brings joy to my father and I know he's always always requested it today again, we're going to go to Old Country Buffet for dinner. I know you probably would have guessed, but he loves that place and so we're going to go there for dinner. I know that brings him a lot of joy. Well, that's kind of a tradition. But you know what the book of Proverbs tells us? The Proverbs tell us to bring joy to our fathers is this. A wise son makes his father glad, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother or to his parents. So it's summed up in a little statement like this. And I know all of you kids can remember this as well. Basically, it's this. Being wise makes your father glad. Being foolish... Well, that makes your parents sad. Being wise makes your father glad. Being foolish makes your parents sad. Proverbs 17, 21, a few chapters over, it says this, To have a fool for a son brings grief, but there is no joy for the father of a fool. Now, wise. Here's another question, okay? Some of you... Some of you who are perhaps older, some of you youth perhaps, you could think, what would you say would be something that is wise your dad has taught you? What is something that is wise that maybe your dad has taught you that you would say, that's wise? <laughs> Johanna. Shop for candy after Halloween. <laughs> Shop for candy after Halloween. Oh, that's wise. It'd probably get better deals that way. And, you know, Jerry's the one who's going around saying, well, would you like some bubble gum? Anybody want some gum? Anybody want some gum? <laughs> what else? What is wise? You have something wise your dad has taught you? What is wise that your dad has taught you? To honor God and to look before you cross the street. Okay, to honor God and to look both ways before you cross the street. That is wise. How to read the Bible. How to read the Bible. Wow, that's very wise as well. Anybody else? What's something that your dad has taught you that you would say is wise? He helped you with my math when my mom can't help me. Okay, he helped you with your math when your mom couldn't help. Anything else? Something that's wise? Maybe that your dad has taught you, Josephine, something that is wise. Poor Jerry. Um, all the books in the New Testament and the standard algorithm. Oh, standard algorithm, eh? And all the books in the New Testament. That's really good because the Bible gives us a lot of wisdom as to what's wise. Anybody else? Last call. No need to be afraid. It's only us. You know, we've done this. All right. Anybody else? Something that's wise. Your mom or everybody should say your dad has taught you. Remember? Well, I'll tell you some of the things that the Bible says that is wise. And it gives us many things. Four things in particular. And I want to point those out to you this morning. Point those out to you this morning. 
There's four particular things that are wise that the Bible teaches us in the book of Proverbs in relationship to our fathers. The first one comes in chapter 1, verse 8. Chapter 1, verse 8 of the book of Proverbs. And it's basically this. And there's an outline in your Bible and your bulletins as well. You can follow along. It basically is this. A wise child listens to, obeys, and respects their father. For it says in chapter 1, verse 8, Hear, my son, your father's teaching, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Or it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1, Hear, O sons, the instruction of your father, and give attention that you may gain understanding. So a wise child, if you're going to be wise and make your father, what? Glad, you're going to listen to, you're going to obey, you're going to respect your father. And when you're listening to your father, that means that you're not busy playing video games while he's trying to talk to you. It means that you're not text messaging your friend while he's trying to communicate with you. It doesn't mean that when you're talking on the phone to him that you're like trying to do something else and hoping that he won't hear or whatever. It means that you're going to turn towards him when he's talking to you, not watching TV. It means that you're going to show him respect. Because being a good listener shows respect and it shows that what? You're going to listen to carefully to what he has to say. You might not be interested in it at that time, but you know what? I'll tell you, you'll be interested later on, so it'd be good to listen to your father now and to follow what he says. It also says that, what? Do not despise your mother, Proverbs 23:22. Do not despise your mother when she is old. Yeah, it's been said that once you hit about 16 or 18, somehow you suddenly grow in your intelligence such that you're smarter than your parents and you think that maybe, well, what they have to say is just not relevant anymore. They're kind of like uh, an older school, old generation or whatever. It says, when they get older, don't look down on them. That's what it means. Don't look down on them. Don't despise them. Don't treat them poorly. But show them respect. Because they have a lot of wisdom. A lot of things you'll never learn in the classroom. And I'll show that to you because this verse tells us about how we're to treat our parents. To show them respect. Sometimes you might feel as well, they don't deserve. Maybe you have some, some hard feelings towards them. Maybe you're an adult and you haven't spoken with your father for a long time. I want to show you a little clip of a little video clip from a movie called Facing the Giants. It's about a child and his father. Facing the Giants is about a high school football coach and how he used biblical principles to turn a team around. But there was a man, a young, young player, a high school student. His name was Matt Prater, who just had an attitude towards his father that was wrong. I'm going to show you this clip as John goes and he turns off the lights here. Need a ride, Matt? No, my dad's coming. At least he better be. Can I ask you straight with you for a minute? Sure. I feel like you owe your dad more respect. Why? Because he's your father. You don't know him like I know him. I don't have to know him. You need to respect him because it's the right thing to do. You know, Coach, my dad doesn't even like you. He thinks the school needs to find somebody else. That's beside the point. Scripture says to honor your parents, and all you do is complain. All he does is boss me around. He doesn't even try to understand me. Matt, you can't judge your father by his actions and then judge yourself by your intentions. It doesn't work that way. 
You're not responsible for him, you're responsible for you. You honor God by honoring your authority. You really believe in all that honoring God and follow Jesus stuff? Yes, I do. Well, I ain't trying to be disrespectful, but not everybody believes in that. Religion works for some people, but I'm just here because I got kicked out of Westview. Man, nobody's forcing anything on you. Following Jesus Christ is the decision you're going to have to make for yourself. You may not want to accept it, because it'll change your life. You'll never be the same. I do hope one day you realize how much he loves you. I'll see you tomorrow. is the Grant, are you not aware of what's going on outside in the field? What? You might want to come check this out. Mitch decided to bring his Bible class outside today. After he started teaching, Matt Prater stood up and accepted Christ as his Lord. It was awesome. He started confessing stuff from his life. He started asking his friends for forgiveness. Next thing we know, Bob Duke stands up and does the same thing. Kids start breaking up into groups. They begin to pray for each other. They begin to ask forgiveness for sins that they committed. This has been going on for three hours. How did you not know what was going on? I'll take you right now. What we've done here is we've gained these four lots by moving the retention pond down here. We could try and do that through here if you want. No, I like this. That's perfect. Mr. Prater, there's someone here to see you. Sarah, I'm in a meeting. Um, it's your son. Would you like me to step out? No, it's okay. Sarah, send him in. Matt, you okay? I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't know you were in a meeting. What is it, son? Uh, Dad, I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way I've been acting. I got right with God today, and I just needed to say that from, from now on, I respect your authority. Whatever you say goes. That's it. You know, I could come back tomorrow if that would be better for you. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. I, uh...
what it's worth, I'd give my right arm to hear my son say that to me. That's what happens to a person who has their life right with God. A person who has their life right with God respects their father. Because the word of God tells us, honor your father. Regardless of how perhaps you may feel. And God wants us to honor them. And in so doing, if they don't know Christ, maybe they will come to a saving knowledge of God. There are some who are even adults. Maybe they haven't talked with their father for years and years because of some past hurt or whatnot. One is walking rightly with God. One tries to mend those relationships and do what is right and pleasing to God. And one can gauge perhaps their own relationship with God by how well they will treat their own father, just like Matt Prater. The second thing that the Proverbs tells us is that a wise person accepts a father's discipline. A wise person accepts a father's discipline. Chapter 3, verse 12. For it says, For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. The purpose of discipline, one of the things that God does is that God disciplines you and I. And the reason is, it says so here, He reproves those that He loves. God loves us and so He disciplines us, He corrects us, He makes our way straight because He doesn't want us to do things that will bring harm to ourselves, harm to others, and disregard for who He is. And He does those things because He loves us and He disciplines us for that. And God is a model for fathers who discipline their children. That's one of the responsibilities of parents, to discipline their children. That's their responsibility. And when they discipline you, it's because they love you. When they reprove you, when they correct you, when they guide you straight, when they decide that something is not right with God and they correct you and have perhaps a penalty, it makes you feel horrible perhaps at that time. But it's discipline because they love you. They care about you. And Hebrews 12, verse 11 tells us, For discipline at the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Discipline is part of training us. God trains us and parents train us to be godly people. And God loved you and I so much that He is willing to discipline us and fathers in the same way are those who God has given to them the responsibility to discipline their children. But it's not merely the aspect of discipline that this verse talks about. It's the receiving of discipline. For in Proverbs 13.1 it says that a wise son accepts his father's discipline. Or Proverbs 15.5 A fool rejects his father's discipline. Now I know many kids or youth, they want to be grown up. Because grown ups have privileges. But sometimes your parents may not allow you to do certain things because they feel that you're not mature enough yet. You know one of the marks of maturity that is shown in your life is how well you respond to discipline. 
How well you respond to your parents' correction. How well you respond to the wisdom of your parents. For it says in chapter 12, verse 1, Whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge. But he who hates reproof is stupid. That's the word that it's used there. Proverbs 12.1 If you love discipline, you love knowledge. If you hate discipline or hate reproof, you are stupid. How you respond to discipline shows how mature you really are. Do you want to be mature, grown up? How do you respond when your parents discipline you? Do you become angry or upset or pout and run off? Do you ignore your parents? Do you, do you feel as if, boy, they're really you know, out to lunch or whatever it might be? How do you respond? Or do you respond in a godly way? One person is knowledgeable. They love knowledge because they receive it well. Another person, the Bible says, is stupid. You don't want to be a fool because a fool will bring sadness to your parents. One who loves wisdom brings gladness to your parents. Thirdly, a wise person follows the word of God. Follows the word of God. Chapter 28, verse 7. He who keeps the law is a discerning son. But he who is a companion of gluttons, he humiliates his father. In other words, a person who is discerning, a person who is wise, has good judgment. He has good insight. He has good distinguishment between right and wrong. He knows between good and bad. But it's not only the knowledge of that, because in the Jewish mind, you know something when... You live it. In the Jewish mindset, knowledge is not simply intellectual knowledge. It's not academic knowledge. It's not being able to do the book work or being able to quote a Bible verse. It's living it too. That's when they'll say, you know something. Do you know the Word of God such that you follow it? You know it breaks a parent's heart when a child isn't walking with God? They may not tell you. They may not tell you how much they hurt inside. They may not tell you the pangs that come. But you know what? It hurts when a child is not walking with God. And so, be wise and walk with God. On the flip side of the coin, for those of you who are parents or those of you who are fathers in particular, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to educate them and teach them the law of God. To encourage them through the Bible and to teach them what God says The most important thing is not about, well, how good is their education going to be. The most important thing for you as a father is not to provide material things for them, to put the food on the table, to provide shelter and clothing, or even to share how to play baseball. The most important thing for you to communicate is the gospel of Jesus. How they can have eternal life. How can they have the hope of heaven? How can they have joy and peace and help when you're not there? That's the greatest gift you can give. To share with them the good news of Jesus. And yet some parents won't ever open their mouth about how to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. How to go to heaven. You know what? There was a present that we had, a 40th, uh, the 40th president of our, of our country. His name was Ronald Reagan. His son, as you know, Ronald Reagan passed away not long ago. His son, Michael Reagan, said this at his funeral. He said, quote, I was so proud to have the Reagan name and to be Ronald Reagan's son. What a great honor. He gave me a lot of gifts as a child. Gave me a horse. Gave me a car. Gave me a lot of things, 
But there's a gift he gave me that I think is wonderful for every father to give every son. Last Saturday, when he opened his eyes for the last time, he's speaking of his father. That's when I realized the gift that he gave to me. That he was going to be with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He had, back in 1988, on a flight from Washington, D.C., to Point Mugu, told me about his love for God, his love of Christ as his Savior. I didn't know what all of it meant that time, but I certainly, certainly know now. I can't think of a better gift for a father to give a son And I hope to honor my father by giving my son, Cameron, and my daughter, Ashley, that very same gift he gave to me. Knowing where he is is this very moment, this very day, that he is in heaven. I can only promise my father this. Dad, when I go, I will go to heaven too. And you and I and my sister, Maureen, who went before us, we will dance with the heavenly hosts of angels before the presence of God. We will do it melanoma and Alzheimer's free. Thank you for letting me share my father, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Someday, do you want to dance with your children in heaven? Do you want to spend the rest of eternity with your family all together? Do you want your children to be with you to sing and rejoice in a place where there are no tears, where there is only joy and peace in the service of God, to worship God for all of eternity? Then share with them the hope of heaven. Don't assume that some Sunday school teacher knows, has shared with them. Don't assume that, well, they know it, so maybe they're a Christian or they're probably a Christian. Share with them and ask them, have they ever received Jesus as their Lord and Savior? And the hope that you have in the good news of Jesus Christ. So if you're a child, which we all are, listen to and obey your parents and accept their discipline. Follow God's law. And fourthly, fourthly, the Bible gives us an admonition in the book of Proverbs that a foolish person hurts their father. A foolish person hurts their father. Proverbs 19.26, he says, He who assaults his father drives his mother away as a shameful and disgraceful son. Or, in Proverbs 30:11, there's a kind of man who curses his father and does not bless his mother. Or, in Proverbs 28:24, he who robs his father and mother and says it is not a transgression is the companion of a man who destroys. See, there are children today who will abuse their parents. They will say things about their parents that are mean and ugly and hurtful. There are those who will take advantage of their parents wanting what they have and taking from them and saying, that's not wrong. That is a shame. That is a shame. So don't say things or do things that will show disrespect or dishonor to your parents. Make cutting remarks, especially many times when we get older, we reflect upon our lives. Speak well of them. Be kind about them. For it says it is a disgraceful thing. This is what the end times will be like in Timothy when Paul writes to him, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. That's what it will say. And in the Bible we look at various people who were like that. Absalom, who was King David's son, tried to take over the throne that was there. Perhaps even Jacob, whose son sold their brother, Joseph, into slavery. They do things because of their own sin. And they bring shame to the family. 
Don't mistreat your father. Don't mistreat them, but show them honor. How do you bring joy to a father's heart? The same way that you would bring joy to God's heart. You listen to and obey your father. A wise person accepts his discipline and receives it well. A wise person will follow the word of God. Somebody who is wise won't hurt their father. And fathers have a responsibility to pass on as a heritage to their children the good news of who Jesus is by their example and by their words. One testimony by John Ashcroft in an article entitled Lessons from a Father to His Son reads this. He writes, Many kids wake up to the smell of coffee brewing or the sound of a rooster crowing. My wake-up call was my father's passionate praying filtering through the house. Sometimes I'd ease downstairs and join him. One knee was usually raised so I'd slip in underneath, shielded by his body as he pleaded for my soul. I never caught dad praying for our happiness. He realized that the pursuit of happiness for its own sake is frustrating, disillusioning, and often futile effort. Happiness usually hides from those addicted to its sugar while it chases after those caught up in something more lasting than momentary excitement. I never heard him pray for a bigger house, car, or bank account. Instead, he prayed that our hearts would be ignited and inspired to do things of eternal consequence. Quote, turn our eyes from the temporal, the physical, and the menial, he prayed, and toward the eternal, the spiritual, and the noble. Unquote. My father never pressured us towards achievement. He knew that the push had to come from inner reserves, not outward designs. He simply dangled before us the possibilities. And thanks for his example, sometimes we took the bait. Unquote. The responsibilities that fathers have to lead their families and to encourage them in the Lord is a great responsibility. Not something that we take lightly and we pray for them, but we thank God for them. And it's our role to what? Honor them, to listen to them, to accept their discipline as children, to follow the word of God because it pleases God. And if we live in the way that is wise, then we bring gladness to our Father's heart. We live in a way that's foolish. You'll sadden the heart of your parents. Let's pray. Father in heaven, it is our desire, Lord, to please you, our heavenly Father. And in so doing, God, we pray that we might honor our fathers. For those, Lord, that we, we know, if our life is right with you, then our life will be right with others. We pray, God, help us to do what will honor those that you have given to us. Fathers, we commit our ways to you. Stir our hearts, Father, with the desire to live in a way that pleases you today and in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen.